And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to explore the concept as to whether or not the real estate market is dead on arrival. You heard me correctly, DOA. I have I have read more and more articles over the past week that have been telling me real estate is dying. Real estate is falling apart. And I'm here to tell you, I ain't seeing it. I'm, I'm really not. I'm kind of hoping for it, but I'm not seeing it. All right, let me explain myself. What we see happening in the marketplace is a slowdown of appreciation. We are definitely seeing a slowdown of appreciation. And part of that has to do with the interest rates rising. If you haven't been tracking what interest rates have been doing, interest rates have literally doubled over the last year. You heard me correctly. They've literally doubled over the last year. Now, yesterday I was I was talking about the economy and I spent probably too much time talking about the economy and not enough time telling you what I'm going to tell you today. The real estate market is doing just fine. It's doing just fine. So who's right? Am I right or are, or are all the pundits out there, are they right? Well, I guess you're going to have to make up your mind. Now, what I'm going to do on today's show is I'm, I'm going to make my case. I'm going to make my argument that real estate is not dead. And let's see if you agree with me or you disagree. And I'll tell you what, whether you agree or you disagree, go ahead and shoot me an email at askal at luinc.com and let me know what your thoughts are. If you agree, just say, hey, I agree, Al, and, and, and we're good. If you disagree, however, what I want you to do is I want you to articulate, yes, you heard me correctly, articulate why you disagree with me. And maybe we'll have a nice little conversation going back and forth. And who knows? Maybe I'll agree with your viewpoint. It's very possible. I am, I am all about learning. I am all about learning new things. Now, I'm technically an old dog. I'm 58 years of age, so I think that qualifies me to be an old dog. I mean, I get stuff from AARP, so I, I can actually go to Denny's and I can eat off the senior menu. So I, I think I'm technically an old dog, but... I'm capable of learning new tricks. You heard me correctly. I am capable of learning new tricks. So if, if you have a difference of opinion to what I have to share with you today, let me know at askal at luinc.com. Who knows? I might even use your opinion on the air. Wouldn't that be cool? All right. Let me get back into why I think the real estate market is is healthy. It, it has to do with the fact that I'm always analyzing available properties for sale. Yeah, you, you heard me correctly. I'm always analyzing available properties for sale. And you're probably thinking, doesn't that get tedious? Doesn't that get boring? And the short answer is not really. Not really, because what I'm always on the hunt for is a great deal. And if I find a great deal, I will pull the trigger and I will execute on that great deal. If I happen to be real estate poor, 
What's that, Al? Real estate poor. Okay, real estate poor is when all of my money that I use for investment is already deployed and I have no more money left. The only way I can get more money is to accumulate money from other places or go sell some other stuff that I have that I don't have a need for. And then I can accumulate some more money and then I can go inject it into my next real estate investment. When I'm real estate poor, I still analyze the market. And here's why. I need to stay abreast of what is going on in the marketplace. This is how I formulate my opinions regarding what markets are doing. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like, do you, well, I was going to say, do you read the newspaper? I, I don't know that anybody reads the newspaper anymore. I think now we rely on all these, these feeds that come off of social media, which to be honest with you, I'm not so sure that's that's really a good way to, to track what's going on in the world. But if that's what you do, that's what you do. And my point is that's how you gather information. That's how you choose to gather information. Now, I choose to gather information in a different way. See, I have I have connected myself with a lot of real estate professionals and I have given them guidance on what I am looking for in a real estate transaction. Yeah. So, okay. So you're probably wondering, well, what is that? What does that look like, Al? What, what is it you tell people that you're looking for? Okay. Real simple. I'm looking for assets that have the potential to double my money in three to five years. You heard me correctly. I'm looking for assets that have the potential to double my money in three to five years. That, that is what I look for in an investment. Now, I look in two separate places. I look in the multifamily space and I look in the single family space. Those are the two spaces that we as Lifestyles Unlimited members will we invest in. And the reason we invest in those two asset classes is because we, we have, well, the pandemic fully cemented this in our brains. We know that everybody in America, with the exception of people that choose to be homeless, everybody in America desires and needs a place to live. And that's what I provide. I provide clean, functional workforce housing for a demographic group that looks for it. As a matter of fact, I would say I would I would actually upgrade my comment about workforce housing. In other words, I'm marketing to people that that are blue collar workers, if you will. Okay, these are the people that actually run America. And these are the people that that I market to. But I would upgrade that to non expendable. Yeah, I would. Based on what happened in the pandemic, I would say that it's even more advantageous for me to market to non-expendable people. We're going to break down this potential property that we could buy that Moon sent me. Now, Moon is one of the realtors I have a relationship with, and he sends me properties based on my investing criteria. And he sent me this particular property. It's, it's in the greater Houston market. This thing was built in 1958. Now, I was built in 1964. Yeah, so this thing is like, what, six years older than I am? And it's still standing, so that's that's a good sign. So this 64-year-old property, are you scared yet? It's 64 years old. Let's just stop right there. Let's consider 1958. Are you thinking about 1958? Now, some of you listening to me have familiar memories from 1958. Some of you were alive in 1958, but you were so young, you don't remember 
1958. And the rest of us, well, we weren't even alive in 1958. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to envision a 1958 home, a three-bedroom, two-bath home. There's no garage on this thing. It's 1,654 square feet. So it's, it's a decent size single-family property that, that meets the renting criteria. In other words, this property would make for a good rental property based on the square footage and based on the number of bedrooms and baths. Yes, it absolutely would. Now, this particular property, in order to get it to 1,654 square feet, they converted the one-car garage. So that actually adds about 400 square feet onto the property. Otherwise, this thing would have been about 1,250 square feet. So it kind of gives you an idea of the size of the property. It gives you an idea of the size of the bedrooms. It gives you an idea of the overall flow. Now, I, I still want you to think about 1958 and think about the building crews that went to this particular home site and started building this property. Now, in 1958... I believe they had pretty good building codes. However, we don't know for sure whether this particular property was built to existing code in 1958 or if it's a property that was located outside of the area where the building codes existed. So we, we don't know a whole lot about whether or not this thing was built to code back in 1958. Here's what we do know. In 2022, that property is still there, 64 years later. Now, let's, let's make the assumption that whoever built this property had, had pride in what they were doing. They weren't cutting corners. They were doing everything to standard. They really wanted to build a great product. And let's just assume they did. They absolutely built a beautiful home on that property 64 years ago. And somebody bought that property, and they probably moved in it to live in it. Now, it's possible they could have bought it to rent it out. I mean, people were renting properties out back in 1958. But chances are this home was actually purchased by somebody that wanted to consume the property. What do I mean by consume? Well, that means they're, they're living in it. They're, they're spending money to live in that property, and that property is not producing an income stream for them because they're not renting it to somebody else. Therefore, they are just living in it and consuming all of the functional systems. And you're thinking to yourself, how do you consume functional systems in a brand new house? Well, simple. You use them. You absolutely use them. Let's, let's talk about some of these systems, okay? They built the property. And they put a brand new roof on it. In 1958, that was a brand new roof. Now, how long has that roof been on that property? We don't know. We don't know. There's nothing in the information that Moon sent me that indicates that that roof has been repaired or replaced anytime in the last 64 years. As a matter of fact, looking at the pictures that he sent, it's kind of looking like to me that roof has never been replaced. It's absolutely never been replaced. So you got a 64-year-old roof sitting on that property. Chances are you're going to have to replace it. Okay, let's get back to those, those functional systems. What about the air conditioning system? Yeah, in 1958, chances are that was an original air conditioning system if there was an air conditioning system put 
on the property in 1958, that would be a 64-year-old unit. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never experienced in, in my life as a real estate investor a 64-year-old air conditioning unit that is still operational. I, I, have, I have not found one of those. So chances are this HVAC system, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, that's what HVAC stands for, chances are this thing has been replaced at least once, probably more than once, during the lifespan of this entire property. Now, air conditioning systems today can last probably about maybe 20 years if they're serviced correctly and if they're operated correctly, if they're, you're not putting undue burden on the system, which could wear the system out. Does that make sense? Okay, so chances are we're either going to have to fix or replace this air conditioning system. Are, are you afraid of this deal yet? Okay, don't worry. About it. I didn't even talk about the numbers. I'm just talking about the property right now. I'm just I'm just talking about the property. I'm getting into your mind what this property looks like. Now, let's talk about another system in this property. Let's talk about the plumbing system. Yeah, I guarantee you that plumbing system is 64 years old. So you're going to have to determine whether or not this plumbing system is still functional. You know, there, there are cases where maybe you've got galvanized pipes and the problem with galvanized pipes, especially when, when they're put into service using hard water. Yeah. In other words, water that contains minerals and alkalis and all kinds of stuff. It, that type of water can build up plaque around the inside of the water supply piping. You heard me correctly, which can constrain the amount of water going through which can have an effect on the pressure system of the piping. So you may need to consider repiping this house. Now, the good news with repiping houses today is that you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of copper anymore. They've got these PEC systems that, that work pretty well. There's another plumbing system we have to talk about. And this plumbing system is the affluent system. In other words, it's your sewer line. It's your waste lines that lead from all the drains into the from the house into one central collective area. And then it flows from the house into the city sewer or into a septic system on the property. So if it flows in a city sewer, you're only responsible for what needs to be done from the city sewer line into the house. Now, keep in mind, this property is 64 years old. Also keep in mind, we do have a tendency in different parts of the state of Texas, in, in Houston included, to have shifting of soil. And that shifting of soil can have not only an impact on your foundation, it can also have an impact on your plumbing system. So since we're talking about the foundation and the plumbing system, what we're going to do is we're going to wait till the next segment, and I'm going to talk about some of the effects that shifting soils can have on your property. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Stop waiting. Stop sitting around. Stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now, people go, well, I don't know. 
it's gonna crash. It's gonna be better next year. It's, I've got to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me all the time. You know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. <laughs> Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop, lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Again, my name is Al Gordon, and we are talking about a potential property that I might be interested in buying. And it could be a property that you would be interested in buying. And what I'm doing is I'm breaking down a deal that Moon sent to me. Moon is one of the realtors I have a relationship with. He knows what I'm looking for as far as single family properties. And he shot me a property this morning and, and we're analyzing it. I'm not necessarily in a buying mode right now because I am real estate poor at the moment. That means I have deployed all of my available capital. It's all out there working for me, but I keep my mind healthy and I keep my mind on market activity by looking at deals that come to me. I analyze those potential investments and then I make a determination as to whether or not that investment could work for me or not. Yeah. That, and that's pretty much what we're doing. We're taking a look at a three bedroom, two bath, no car garage home in Houston, 1,654 square feet. We know that the one bedroom, excuse me, the one car garage was converted and that's essentially what created the, uh, the third bedroom. I think actually it was a two bedroom, two bath, one car garage back in its heyday when this, this thing was built. So if I said three bedroom, two bath earlier in the show, well, it didn't become a three bedroom until they converted the garage. Let's just, let's just be clear with that. But at the end of the day, that really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because what we're talking about is all the different systems in the house, all the different functional systems in the house that you need to consider. So we've, we've talked about the roof. We talked about the HVAC. We've, we've talked about the water supply. We were talking about soil shifting and how soil shifting could impact your waistlines because your waistlines tend to run underground. They tend to run through either a slab foundation or they'll run down through a pure and beam foundation and they'll eventually go into the ground and then either connect in with the sewer system or a septic system. Now, this particular property is on city sewer, so we don't have to worry about any potential costs to maintain a septic system, but we do have to consider what is going on in those affluent lines. And one of the things that we will do is we will scope those lines. In other words, we'll put a camera down those lines because we want to see if there's any breaks in the piping. You heard me correctly. We want to see if there's any breaks in the pipe. Breaks in pipe can cause contamination on the property. We don't want contamination. We want all the affluent to go exactly where it's supposed to go, which is to a water treatment facility for this particular property. Does that make sense? Okay. One of the things I'm noticing from the photos of this property, 
And 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 Moon didn't didn't tell me this, but I I can already see the telltale signs. This particular property has been affected by shifting soils. Yeah, because what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a photo of the living room, and the living room floor should appear flat, and it does not. It does not. There there are actually cracks. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Cracks in the flooring in in the living room. They laid down tile. Now I. Personally, I wouldn't lay down tile, but that's what they chose to do. Whoever chose to do this, I don't. it doesn't look like a 1958 type of pattern. So this thing has been redone before. But I can see cracks in the tile itself, which indicates to me there's a foundation problem. Okay, so let's talk about, so far, some of the, the systems and what we think is potentially wrong with these systems. Number one, the roof. I'm pretty confident... This roof has not been replaced since 64 years ago. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't look like. Now, it may have been replaced, but that roof does not look like it's in good shape. So chances are we're going to have to budget for a roof. We're, um, we're going to take a look at the water supply. Water supply is a little, little hard to determine until we actually get into the house. But considering the age of this property, considering that hard water could affect the, the supply lines, we may want to consider re piping this particular house for the water supply. Okay, so there, there's a cost there. We're going to have to have a plumber do that. We're taking a look at the affluent systems. Okay, we're going to scope the lines if we decide to buy this thing. Chances are a 64-year-old property may have some problems with the sewer. Now, I guarantee you that floor is going to have to be redone. The, the entire foundation is going to have to be done before you do the floor. Okay, so this property is off level. Level, it's going to have to be put back on level. It's going to have to be straightened out. And when you straighten it out, chances are you may affect those sewer lines, which is part of the reason you're going to scope those after you complete those repairs. So, what else? What else should we be looking at? How about those appliances? Yeah, now you can't see the pictures, but I can. And here's what I see: Harvest Gold. Yeah, Harvest Gold. That's like a 1970s color. Yeah, it looks like the appliances in this property were purchased in the 1970s, and they're they're still there. So they, they may still work, but they look kind of god-awful. They really look kind of god-awful. As a matter of fact, the entire kitchen looks kind of god-awful. It looks kind of, well, it looks like very 1958. Yeah, it looks like nothing's really been done to, to update this particular kitchen. And as I'm noticing the countertops, the countertops look like they might be butcher block countertops, in which case, if they really are butcher block countertops, we can go in there, we can actually sand those down, put a new finish on those things, and they will pop. They will really look good. And, and the cabinets, the cabinets look great. They actually look great. Now they're a 1958 style, but if you put the right paint colors in there and you put the right hardware on those cabinets, we can retain those cabinets and we could actually make this thing pop. Now, when it comes to the flooring, we're, we're going to redo the flooring because first of all, that, that cracked tile in the, in the living room, that, that we can't, we can't have that. As a matter of fact, I'd rather put a different material 
on the floor that allows me, should a, a damaged area occur, would allow me to go in and just repair that particular damaged area as opposed to replacing the entire floor. And we have flooring systems out there that we use, uh, basically a vinyl plank type of thing, but we use the flooring system where you can actually repair sections. Now, I'm not talking about the peel-off stuff. Um, I'm talking about you can repair sections as opposed to having having to pull up like a big chunk of the floor because they snap in place. We don't do the snap in place ones on, on rental properties. Okay, let's look at those bathrooms. Man, those bathrooms, duh, they're in not bad condition. They're really in not bad condition. They're kind of like the kitchen, in which case the cabinetry is 1958. They, they didn't put butcher block in the bathrooms. They put like a formica material. I think it, that looks kind of cheap. I really do. So what I might do is I might, you know, just price what it would take to put a matching butcher block onto the two bathroom surfaces onto the countertops, because that, that could, that could bring into the house, like a flow. Does that make sense? And just, really make this place look nice. Now, the bathrooms, the the tubs and things look look they look okay. They look okay from the pictures. Now I'm going to have to take a look. They may need to be resurfaced, but for the most part they look like they're in pretty good shape from the pictures. Okay, so the final thing is the entire place is going to have to be painted. It's going to have to be painted because the colors that are in this house, well first of all, they're they're not consistent throughout. And you could tell that whatever kids lived in whatever bedrooms, well, those bedrooms were, were painted for, for a kid's pleasure. They were, they were painted for a kid's pleasure, but that type of thing doesn't necessarily translate into a good property for the rental market. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a nice off-white color throughout the entire house, and that, that's going to brighten it up. It's going to lighten it up. It's going to make the rooms appear to be bigger than they really are. Yeah, this is all aesthetics that I'm teaching you right now. And at the end of the day, when we, when we do all the repairs we need to do on this particular property, we could bring this particular property back to its glory days from 1958. We're talking about a property that Moon sent me. Now, Moon is a realtor I have a relationship with, and he knows my investing criteria. And when he finds something that looks like it could meet my investing goals, he just sends it over to me. Now, he doesn't know whether or not I have money to buy or whether or not I have an interest in that particular property. No, he doesn't necessarily know that unless I contact him back. So you're probably wondering, so does, does Moon just stop sending you properties because you don't respond to him? And the short answer is no, he does not. As a matter of fact, Moon is, um, well, here, let me just, let me brag on Moon a little bit. He's like the number one real estate agent in the Houston Realtor Association. I, I think I said that correctly. If I got it wrong, I apologize to the realtors and everything. But yeah, Moon is like the, the, the top producing agent. And it's not just like this year. It was last year. It was the year before that. This, this guy is a mover and a shaker. And he, he spends his time digging through all the junk that's out there. And he eliminates probably about 90% of the properties that he looks at before he sends me that one property that could meet my investing criteria. Now, I would tell you that Moon has his stuff together. 
He does. He has his stuff together, and, and it doesn't take him a long time to analyze a particular property and determine whether or not it's something that his investors would be interested in. It doesn't take him long at all, and it doesn't take him very long to notify me through an email as to what he has. So this is where we come in as real estate investors. I was going to say agents, but I didn't. All right. So as real estate investors, what our first responsibility to do is to analyze the deal. Yeah, to analyze the deal. Now, we have spent this entire show just talking about the physical asset. We have not taken a look at the financial piece yet. Now, this is very important. If you want to be very efficient, what you should do is you should analyze the numbers before you even worry about the particular property. You should you should be comfortable with the numbers before you start validating the numbers. Does that make sense? Okay. But in order for us to validate the numbers, we had to get a sense of the condition of the property. And that's where those photographs came in. It gave me a good sensing of where that property is at. I can look at the roof and I can see certain telltale signs that I have learned to look for. And I, and I know that that roof probably needs to be replaced. I also do certain things to determine whether or not foundation needs to be fixed. Remember, I, I told you there was a massive crack in the living room floor right through the tile. The tiles themselves are cracked. So as a result of that, first of all, the, the tile itself is ugly. Let's just be very clear. I don't like it. Now, somebody out there may like that particular pattern. I don't like it. It's too busy. It's, it's, too, it's just too noisy for me. It is. I like something that is much more subdued, something that would balance with my ultimate customer's taste. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Okay, so we've we've kind of given this property one over the world, and, and here's, here's my assessment on the property. We're probably going to need to be prepared to do the roof. We're going to need to be prepared to do the foundation. We need to be prepared to replace all the flooring. We need to be prepared to resurface the uh, countertops. We need to be prepared to um, probably just clean up and paint the cabinets and put new hardware on them. We need to be prepared to put new flooring in. Looks like all the windows are intact, so we probably don't have to worry about that. Maybe just clean them up, that type of thing, and maybe put some blinds in the property, blinds that match throughout the house because everything that I'm seeing is like that window there has a curtain on it. This one over here has a blind on it. Nothing matches. It just looks very hodgepodge. And it, it doesn't look like home to me. So should we buy this deal? Okay, let's get into the numbers. Moon told me that properties in this particular neighborhood, when all fixed up, are selling for $220,000. Okay, so our, our ARV, ARV stands for after repair value. That's, that's the value we're trying to get to. On this particular property is $220,000. Now, because this property is in such bad shape, it's in bad shape. We can buy this property for $103,000. You heard me correctly. We can buy it for $0.46 cents on the dollar. So we're buying this property at a wholesale price if we choose to buy the property. Now, rehab-wise, I, I did all the numbers during the uh, commercial break because I know how to do that. It, it doesn't even take me the full four minutes that the commercials took to, to do the analysis. And I came up with a number of about $76,500. Yeah, this is a major rehab. It's probably going to take about three, possibly, possibly four months to get it done. But 
I've got the right crews, I've got the right people, they understand my standard, and they'll get it done on time. Now we're gonna have closing and holding costs of about $10,000 because we're gonna do two escrows. The first escrow is when we acquire the property and we're gonna use a hard money loan to acquire the property and cover a big portion of the repair costs. We're gonna wrap those into the loan. Hard money loans are one of the few loans out there where you can actually do this. And what this does for me is this keeps my cash out of pocket to a minimum. You wanna know what my estimation is for my cash out of pocket? It's $28,775. Let's just call it $29,000. Now, if I buy this property and it costs me $29,000 out of pocket, the big thing that I'm looking for is I'm looking for the equity. How much equity am I going to capture in this particular property? And the short answer is about $30,500. You heard me correctly, about $30,500. So let me stop right there. Remember I told you my, my investing strategy was I want to be able to double my money in three to five years. Remember I I said that was my standard. If the property can't do that for me, it does not go into my portfolio, period, end of story. This particular property At about month three or month four, after I get the rehab done, after I put the brand new resident in that property and I I get the top of market rents, well, I'm actually not going to charge top of market rents because top of market rents is $1,675 for the area. I would actually put it on the market for $1,650 because I want to give people a little bit of a break. I do. And actually, when I do the rehab on this property, I'm going to do something that none of the other properties have. And in this particular property, I think that becomes the over the stove microwave exhaust system, because what they have in there right now is like an old cheapo exhaust system. That's a perfect place to put an over over the range microwave system. Yeah, built in something that other properties don't have. So when people come to my property and they say, wow, it's $25 less and it's got a nice feature that none of the others have, whose property do they want to rent? Yeah, because I'm providing the most value. Okay, let's get back to this this doubling effect. I'm putting almost $29,000 into the property, but I'm going to capture almost 30, well, I would say 31,000. Let's just call it $30,500 in equity. Yeah. So what that means is even though I'm, 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 I'm buying a distressed property, I'm paying $103,000 for it, and I'm putting another $76,000 in repairs in it, and I've got another $10,000 in holding and carrying costs and closing costs, those types of things, I am still at a wholesale acquisition price on this property. Do you see it? So if it's worth $220,000 and I have about $30,000 of equity built in that I capture because I did this thing right, I'm into the property all in, entire costs, right? Well, just slightly under $190,000. Yeah, that's that's what I'm into the property for, yet I now have an additional $30,000 of equity. And by doing this particular deal, Just this particular deal, what I've been able to do for myself and my family is I've been able to double my money. I would be able to do this in about three to four months. Do do you hear what I'm saying? 
yeah, this particular asset would allow me to double my money. Now, it is considered what, what we call an unrealized capital gain. In other words, we're not paying any taxes on that thing because we have not realized the gain. The only way we could realize the gain is to sell the property. We would actually have to transact the property, take it out of our name and put it into some, somebody else's name. When we sell that property, then we would realize the capital gains and we'd be able to collect the money out of that. Kind of cool, isn't it? Now, let me talk real quickly about the cash flow. Now, cash flow wise, this particular property is going to do about $275 per month. And what that means for me and my family is that works out to be about $3,300 in additional cash flow per year coming into my household. It's like giving my family a $3,300 a year raise just with this property, which by the way, just by buying it and doing the transaction and renovating the property and doing it the Lifestyles Unlimited way has already doubled my money. Yeah, right? Oh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Now, remember, I've got about $28,775 that I'm putting into this particular deal. As a result of that, my return on cash, in other words, what's my rate of return cash on cash if I'm charging $275 a month and I'm getting $3,300 a year? Well, it's still 11.5% return on investment, which is still better than what you would get in most of your investments. I'll tell you what, we're at the end of the show. If you want to learn more, go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Sign up for one of our free workshops and let's get you going. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.